This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is the most handsome, loving, tallest, bearding, backwards hat wearing, caring MFR that side of the table, Mr. Mm. Charles Chuck Thompson. I'm I'm humbled by your introductions every time. Good. The one who knows everything there is to know. That's just why you got to pay attention to what I'm saying. Exactly. I know. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I just want you to know from the bottom of the depths of my darkest soul. At least I didn't read what Costco said. And if you want to come in here (laughs) and you can either join in with Costco and try to get Charlie (sighs) to end his own life, or you can come in here and you can tell him how great he is how amazing he is as an individual, as a human being, and how you value the fact that he's here, you can go to joingmail.com, join the Fed Haters Club for only six bucks a month. Today is Dumb Bleep of the Week, Charlie. I got to say, it's really good that I'm not actually hanging by a thread. Because if I I was... It's really good that you're not. (laughs) No, I I get it. If I was, (laughs) and I think what Costco's doing would, would might... You know, snip that threat. It's really good. This isn't like the worst time in yeah, your life you've right. had. In li- yeah, I got you. I understand. So, okay. Uh, I just realize it's more a reflection of Costco <laughs> than it is me and his love for you. If he stopped and doing it, that mean he'd be he'd right. be upset about. It's I get flirtatious. It. Yeah, I get it. I understand. I get it. Listen, on Dumb Leap of the Week, this is a big day because it's our last day in this studio, and I tell you, we put a lot of work into this studio. Okay, especially me. Into, into making this look so amazing on camera. We never quite, I never quite got it to the point of what I had envisioned in my mind. So I've been unhappy with it the whole time. But today's the last day. We're going to start taking things apart after this episode and putting things in boxes. And then we're going to take them over to the new studio, which will eventually be better, but not next week. I'm just going to warn mm. you, it's not going to be better next week. It'll take some time. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. So today is Dumb Leap of the Week. We're going to go through some dumb things. It's going to be wildly disorganized compared to normal. So, but it's the first, it's our first time back in a couple of weeks now. Doing dumb believe, you know, and it's all dumb stuff. So the, it, that's true. It is dumb. So who cares? Exactly. Why would we put we're so just, much time into things that are dumb? We're just here to laugh and, you know, call people out for their hypocrisies. Listen, there's going to be a couple. We'll just make this all number one here. Democrats are calling on Biden to raise the debt ceiling without Congress because I don't know if you know this, but the president has the power of the purse strings. You just do whatever you want. He's a king. He is a king. Yeah. It's a kingship. It. He should just start making his own budgets, and then he'll just enact those budgets. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that? Why do we go to the Congress for anything, Charlie? I mean, it's just a waste of time. Total waste of time. It'd be so much more efficient if only one person got to decide everything. Exactly. Uh, there's six Democratic senators calling on Joe Biden to cease negotiations with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy 
and they unilaterally raise the debt ceiling. Now they're talking about, we, we mentioned this before, they want to use the 14th Amendment. Here's the, uh, the problem. The House passed a bill already uh, doing this. Now, if the House hadn't passed a bill, then you could say, well, the president has no option. There's, we just have to go, say, to the 14th Amendment. We got to go to the SCOTUS. But the House has passed a bill. The Senate now would need to pass uh, that bill or their own version. They're going to have to negotiate. They do this every single time. We're not going to bend. We're not going to back down. We're not going to do this. And then all the news media is like, oh, it's going to be a terrible catastrophe. This isn't the first time that we've had the debt ceiling conversations. No. It's not the first time we've asked for more money. It's not the first time that any of this has happened. Do they need to default? Last time I asked you that, Charlie, you said, "Uh uh-huh, they do. Eventually we need to. What's the flip side? We're just going to keep doing this forever, spending way more money than what we ever take in, and it's just not going to matter? Maybe we do need to learn a lesson, and it's going to suck. It's going to suck when that happens. But a lesson might need to be learnt around here. Now, Biden... You got to learn them lessons. Going to keep this all with number one. Someone better keep track, or we'll just... We'll think about it later on. This is still going to be number one. Charlie, President Biden. He tweets from the POTUS account, my predecessors. No, so like my predecessors tax cuts. Oh, God, I miss them. <laughs> my predecessors tax cuts for the ultra wealthy added $2 trillion to America's debt. Now, House Republicans are using the risk of default to hold our economy hostage and to get handouts for the rich. It's clear who they're prioritizing. Instead of need to, needed to, <laughs> my predecessor. Oh, God, I miss him. <laughs> That's a good one. The tax cuts added two trillion to the debt. They've done a pretty good job getting people to believe that the reason, or at least people on the left, to believe the reason that we are at this debt ceiling right now is because of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. It's the only reason. Which even at that time they were saying was going to add 1.5 trillion to the debt. Now that's over 10 years. Okay, that wasn't. It was going to add that much by 2023 and we were going to have a debt ceiling problem. So something else happened here, Charlie, something else. Can you think of anything? Government spending. Spending? No. What if the tax cuts? Those the, tax cuts, the cares act, the whatever COVID relief, America, America, America rescue, rescue plan. plan. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Build back blue, better balls. <laughs> they didn't do that one, but they got the, well, they tried. They got, they got the inflation reduction act, the American rescue plan or whatever. The CARES and Act. the CARES Act was mm-hmm. a big one. And there's something else sneaky in there, too. I think it's the fact that they spent three, four trillion dollars that they weren't accounting for in that 2017. Yeah. That they also didn't have. And and not the $200 billion per year for 10 years that they're calculating the tax cuts cost us. Isn't that strange how they always miss the calculations and projections? It's weird. We talk yeah. about this on the show all the time. Who cares what the CBO says? Doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's going to be way off from that. Well, this is a great one because let's say that cutting taxes actually helped grow the economy and there was more economic activity afterwards. When you propose the tax cut, they will tell you, well, this is going to cost us. Here's this percentage off of what we could be taking. It's going to cost us $1.5 trillion. And then let's say for some reason, economic activity increased a bunch after the tax cut. I'm not saying they're directly related to each other, but what if the tax cut did cause there to be more economic activity? Well, then they'll say, well, this tax cut cost us $2 trillion. 
not 1.5, but the 2 trillion uh, only became 2 trillion because of the increased economic activity that happened potentially from the tax cut in the first place. I'm just saying, it's a convenient way for them to redo their numbers. Of course. And it's not just that. There's been inflation, all sorts of things. Charlie from Zero Hedge, don't believe number, number two? two. Okay. This is so great. I heard about this. <laughs> Toronto anti-capitalist pay-when-you-can cafe shuts down after just one year. I don't even think they made it a year. We talked about it when it opened, I think. Yeah. A Toronto cafe for anti-capitalists, the anarchist, is permanently shuttering after just 12 months in business after following a pay-when-you-can business model. It wasn't just pay when you can. It was also like pay what you can. Pay if you can like, yeah. <laughs> or pay what you can. All right. Let's uh, let's watch their video. It's 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 an inspirational place. And I don't want to ignore their promo material, although they it's not useful for them to promote anything anymore because they're going out of business. But whatever. Anarchist is a worker owned anti-capitalist, anti-colonial cafe, shop and community space. Gabriel opened the space after leaving Vancouver due to its unwelcoming sense of classism. Though he never felt comfortable working in a coffee shop in BC, he knew if he were to have one of his own, it would have to adopt the values that occupy such a huge part of his life. A place devoted to radical leftist politics, revolution, ending capitalism, improving the world's economic system that benefits everyone and not just elites, and most importantly, sparking conversations that will help implement these ideas. Other than delicious coffee, which which Gabriel is most definitely an expert in. The shop has a rich selection of progressive political books that he's selling at wholesale prices. I was happy to try some great light roast espresso here. I even tried my first espresso tonic, which is something of a micro-revolution in itself. I highly recommend paying a visit to Gabriel at 190 Jarvis Street, if not for great coffee, for even greater conversation. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. <laughs> Every when you're doing that, it reminds me of Conan O'Brien when he does it. When he's with Norm McDonald. Oh. It's like 1950s sound effects. Oh, that one, yeah. We'll I be right back one. with Norm. Okay, continuing right. on here, Charlie. This poor place, I kind of feel bad for him. Unfortunately, the lack of generational wealth seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season or to grow in the ways needed to be sustainable longer term. The owner, Gabriel Sims Fewer, wrote last week. <clears throat> now... It wasn't because of the way he set up his coffee shop. This is why. The lack of generational wealth and seed capital from ethically bankrupt sources left me unable to weather the quiet winter season. What, he, what he's saying is this is an unfair playing field and he was having to compete with ethically bankrupt people mm -hmm. who were giving their money to, to others. And it's not his fault. Mm -mm. It's not the fact that he had like a pay when you can or what you can business model and perhaps people took advantage of that. I'm not saying they did. I'm saying it's a possibility, Charlie. Man, I'm making wild accusations right now. I know. Uh, it continues on. It's been an amazing experience connecting with so many great community members, sparking desperately needed debate, raising the blood pressure of conservatives. That includes you anarcho-capitalists and libertarians. Fulfilling the dream of most service workers by not having to tolerate the presence of professional class traders, pigs, and military, and experimenting with living and working in ways that don't enthusiastically embrace the pure mis mis misanthropy of capitalism, he continued. It was great while it lasted. It's, it was a fun experience. I wish you would have said experiment. It yeah. failed right. miserably mm -hmm. inside of a year. You know, Starbucks is doing it wrong. 
They, Obviously. They don't know what they're doing. No. They should have listened to this kid. Yeah, this is, this is the business model from here on out, folks. And I wonder how all of those, you know, worker-owned folks are doing now that they don't have a job anymore. Well, at least they're not out there being a class trader. Do you think they all split the $10 that came in the door a day? You know, it would be interesting to know exactly what they did with the money, but I guarantee you they had a real animal farm situation going on inside of that place. And uh, that it's not always as great as it seems at first, like this whole worker-owned kumbaya situation you're going to be in you know it's not going to work we've we've waited tables at a lot of restaurants you remember splitting parties with people yes you got this big table of 25 people and you split it with a few with a couple other servers there's always the one who was never there the entire time Mm -hmm. didn't do anything he was taking care of his own other tables getting tips off of those tables and you got to pay him and he knew and he knew it Mm-hmm. You got to split it evenly yep. with that person, him or her. I don't know. It could be either one. Yeah. They, I'm not sure. <sighs> That's exactly how it actually works out. That was number two. Okay. For number three, I think we'll just do a little trans issue here. Secretary Antony Blinken. Antony Blinken. He said on International Day Against Homophobia, how many days are there? <laughs> You know, used to when there was a month or a day, white dudes like us would sarcastically be like, oh, well, when's white history month? And they'd be like, oh, that's every other month of the year. These days you look at the calendar and you're like, uh, no, it's not. There's literally a month and a day. Like there's something going on every single day that we're just recognizing. For all the marginalized groups. Which makes them all meaningless. It's <laughs> totally meaningless. Yeah. On International Day Against Homophobia. This one's against homophobia, though. They are against it. Homophobia, biphobia, interphobia, exitphobia, <laughs> transphobia, arachnophobia. We call for an end. Phobia, of, phobia. Phobia. There are people who are scared of people being scared of things. <laughs> okay. Now that's the real crime. That's... We call for an end to harmful conversion therapy practices. What? Hmm. Harmful conversion? Is that, is he calling for an end of parents taking their kids in to cut their boobs off? No, including those that attempt to change a person's sexual orientation, wait, gender identity or expression or sex characteristics. Not having the surgery is actually a conversion therapy, just so you know. (laughs) I wanted you to know that. But from, okay, I saw this video not that long ago. I think we talked about it already. But to me, that's one of the best points that someone has brought up. Why is it that it's gender affirming care by affirming the person switching genders Mm -hmm. and not gender affirming care if we say, hey, you know, you look a little boyish for a girl, but you're still a girl. We're going to affirm the fact that you're feminine. Because the true name is feelings <laughs> affirming care. That's, yeah. That's what it actually is. Delusion mm-hmm. affirming Victim care. Victim affirming care. Yes. Is what you're actually marginalized Attention community. affirming care. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Future marginalized coalition affirming care mm-hmm. is what this is. All right. So that's from Anthony Blinken. I think we'll tie and this, this is the in. the same group that used to be so against conversion therapy for for the gay people. <laughs> but, like, but now they're totally for it. 
You know? And and conversion therapy, just to be clear, I don't think that was all great. I don't think that's a great thing. Like, say what they used to do to people. Let's say, I don't know, pick a year. What'd they do in the 70s or 80s or something like yeah. that? It probably wasn't like, great. Trying to shock people's brains yeah. and stuff? Yeah. I don't agree. Yeah. That's an improper use of resources like electricity. I don't I don't think that's the best way to do it. Okay. Um, let's con- let's connect these two together because they're all alike. Uh, the Tampa Pride event was canceled after DeSantis signs an anti-drag bill. Now, that's, this is a protest because DeSantis has signed a bill that says you can't do drag, just like in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They have outlawed drag shows in Florida. Mm. That's what I gather uh, from this NBC headline. The actual thing is... The bill allows the state to fine, suspend, or revoke the license of any public lodging establishment or public food service establishment if the establishment admits a child to an adult live performance. So you can't let kids into what would be considered to be an adult performance, kind of like the Tennessee thing. Mm. Okay. And so therefore, they're like, there's no possible way we can have this parade. What is their obsession with getting children in front of this shit? I don't know. Like, I, this is what... It's kind of weird. This is what really just butters, grinds my biscuits. It grinds your gears, doesn't it? Man, I, I don't understand. And then they frame it as if it's like anti-LGBT or anti-drag or anti-trans. No! Stop trying to put children in front of sexualized adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's straight, gay, black, white, purple... Homosexual, <laughs> transsexual, asexual. I don't care. They're kids. You know, I saw a video today where this pastor was reading uh, a book out of the library from his kid's school. Is might be this one. Oh, that we're about to talk about. Maybe. Let's keep. Let's continue on with the gayness. There's a. <laughs> there's a good chance it's this one. Um, let's see if this is the content. We're going to continue. We're going to lump this in the number three. See, normally this is one I would have held back until later on in the show. Okay. From NBC news, an Illinois teacher offered her middle, middle schoolers, a best-selling LGBTQ themed book. Parents filed a police report over her book choice. And here is a picture of the teacher in Illinois. This is a middle school teacher. Uh, and she's holding a book. That is called Igniting Social Action in the ELA Classroom. Now, why the heck would you call the cops for a book called Igniting Social Action in the ELA Classroom? That is ridiculous. Mm. And we're correct. It is ridiculous. That wasn't the book. Uh, They just put up a picture of her holding a different book. Not the book that she was actually in trouble for. So it's photoshopped. No, this was just a picture of her with a different book. Yeah. Not the book that it, in question. The actual book in question uh, is This Book is Gay, which explains how to find sexual partners online and contains sexually explicit pictures. Just so you know, from Snopes, the claim that they fact-checked This Book is Gay, a book with sections that teach and advise kids about anal sex, oral sex, and hookup apps, is available to be checked out by students at this school in Florida, and they rated this to be true. Weird. 
<clears throat> if you got kids watching, you're a terrible parent. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, put earmuffs on. That's what I meant. <laughs> sorry. I'm kidding. We've met a lot of parents who have uh, played our show around their kids. That was, that was just a terrible joke. Terrible joke. But seriously, earmuffs during this next time. Um, here's just some random things like the ins and outs of gay sex. Um, part one, boy on boy sex. And it, it lays out specific, very specific things uh, throughout here. It says, say, testicles to be treated with loving care. <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> but... Bum. Up your bum. You have a prostate gland, which feels nice when massaged. The anus is also sensitive and responds to being played with. What kind of a parent wouldn't want their middle school kids reading this book? I don't understand the problem. It's so informative. How about blowies? Oral, uh, no, seriously, earmuffs, okay? Yeah. Blowies, oral sex is popping another dude's peen in your mouth. I can't read that little something. Or, it, or indeed, indeed popping, popping yours in his. <sighs> well, there is only one. Oh God. There's only one hard and fast rule when it comes to blowjobs. Watch the teeth. Lips and tongue, yes. Teeth, no. As with hand jobs and breakfast eggs, all men like their blowjobs served in different ways. Letting, guys, I'm serious about the f***ing earmuffs, okay? Letting a guy come in your mouth is a sure, is a safe, is a safe, safe sex. Get away from the volcano before it erupts. In fact, oh, sorry, it's a safe sex no-no. Oh, okay. Get away from the volcano before it erupts. In fact, be aware that many sexually transmitted infections are often spread through oral sex. <laughs> Are we sure this is not why the Second Amendment was created? <laughs> I am so angry right now. What the hell is wrong with people? I, I truly do not know. And the book gets worse than that. I mean, they go, they talk about, you know, they talk about stuff that I just don't even think we should go into. <laughs> So and look, I'm I'm not I do think that parents should talk to their kids about sex appropriately, but there's no way that kids should be able to check out a book like this from their school library. Yeah. Now I saw a different video, um, but the the pastor was reading <clears throat> from this book in might have been a similar book, but mm -hmm. it was a different school. <clears throat> pastor was reading from it at the school board meeting and they were telling him to stop. Yeah. He's like, why? You want me to stop? <laughs> why? If our kids can read this, why can't I read this at a school board meeting? Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, that's all number three. And by the way, the dumb section of this to me is NBC news. I mean, the, they have to make this claim right now that Republicans are anti-free speech, that they are book banners. They want to tie them to Nazis, fascism, things like that. So they're, all that they care about is talking about the book banning and the fact that cops are getting called because of a book. 
And they will go so far as I read through the entire article. They don't talk about the ne- the the things in the book at all. They just talk about ha- the fact that Republicans are banning books, and that's it. And then they're they are so they are they are so sure about their beliefs on this. They are so principled about their beliefs on this that they will chicken out and put a a, a thumbnail of the teacher holding a completely different book. Because if they put the actual book there, it wouldn't have stirred up the same kind of left versus right controversy because it's kind of difficult to defend those things being in your uh, eight-year-old kid's classroom. Also, look what this teacher said. The notion that I was putting children in danger because of books. I knew I couldn't go back. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want you, Sarah Bonner. Man, I hope... Wish you were going to say boner right there. Oh, boner, boner, boner. <laughs> it's boner, definitely. Uh, she missed opportunity. Disgusting groomer. Okay, that was number three. Uh, that's just going to be anti-drag law slash Illinois teacher. Let's do a couple easy ones real quick. I want to make fun of something. Have you noticed this new? Let's just tip everywhere we go. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I want you to think about this. Really think about the answer to this question. In the past week, how much time did you spend on yourself, on things that you needed and wanted versus the amount of time you spent on other people and what they wanted and what they needed? It's easy to get caught up worrying about everyone else and what makes them happy. And then a couple months go by and you're like, whoa, what about me? Not that it's wrong to to want to help people. We should want to help people. But therapy can help you strike a better balance in your life so you can continue being a great friend or a great family member without getting stretched thin and burned out. My life was changed because I chose to go to therapy and our co-host Charlie has been a BetterHelp customer for years and he loves it. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, flexible, and convenient. Just fill out a few questions on the website. You get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists at any time for no charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash G-M-L. Sensation taking the nation right now. Have you noticed that? Mm. Like you go to a fast food restaurant, they'll ask you to tip these days. No, I haven't noticed that. Have you not? Fast food? Dude, like everywhere you go, even from Fox News Detroit, self-checkout machines are now asking for tips. And the latest squeeze on customers. Listen, we're capitalists. Well, they have they have feelings. We are. Machines. We're capitalists, guys, okay? We love the market, but that does not mean that businesses always make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. I think that that's an important point to make. And I do believe that in lieu of raising people's pay because they probably can't afford to raise their pay because their margins are so small or whatever it is, or they just want to make more money, whatever it is, in lieu of raising people's pay, uh, business owners are offering the ability to tip anywhere, just like anywhere you go, you can leave a tip. Mm. I've been to multiple fast food restaurants where that was an option. You can even leave us a tip. <clears throat> you can, <laughs> if you want to. And this is, I just want to tell you guys, hey, look, don't do it. Don't do it. You're not going <laughs> to... Unless you ask for the money, you're not going to get it. That's true. So, I mean, it's just... You might just, as well. They're just asking for Would it. you like to give us extra money today for no reason? <laughs> yeah. That's what the question is. And they call it a tip. Yeah. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> of course, I don't think you should tip, and I don't think they should be asking for them, obviously. No. But it is kind of funny. I like what T-Dub <laughs> said is that this machine has children to feed. <laughs> it does. You know? All give, right. Give them a holiday bonus tip. That was a real quick one. How about uh, some real victims here? We got a we got a twofer. We got a Nina Turner, Corey Bush. Uh-oh. Go ahead, Chuck. Number Nina, number five. Nina tweets, the same people that say, quote, pay your debts when it comes to student debt cancellation don't keep that same energy when it comes to reparations. Well, it's the same thing, folks. Oh, God. Ignorance <laughs> is bliss, Charlie. It's a real thing. There is a reason that people say this. Uh-huh. She must she must have felt great when she said that. You know? Exactly. Imagine saying something so stupid and then thinking that it was awesome after you did it. She probably wrote down in her diary, I had the best tweet today. <laughs> Corey Bush tweets slavery, black codes, Jim Crow, redlining, mass incarceration. Every step of the way, black Americans have been intentionally pushed back economically. A debt is owed. It's time to pay that debt. It's time for reparations. Yeah, that's because all of you white people out there were <clears throat> consciously oppressing black people your whole lives, even if you weren't born during slavery or Jim Crow. I, I retweeted the same comment on both of these, exact same word for word. Who owes the debt? Let's say there is a debt. Who owes it? Do I do I owe the debt? Do you owe the debt? Obviously, you're white. Does so anyone who isn't black owe the debt? Who's the debt owed to? What if someone's family weren't slaves? It doesn't make any sense what about at all. Asian Americans? And I have talked with Nina, I've gone back and forth with Nina Turner on this before, and she would say, Well, the government owes the debt. Whose money does the government have? <laughs> it's not that hard. If you can think through something at least two steps into some yeah. Problem, not just some dumbass thing that you say, but if you think into the next level of the problem, well, the government owes the debts. How does the government get money? <laughs> oh my God, I get it. Her head would explode, and that's dangerous. But and then the other thing, the the comparison is awful. Pay your debt when it comes to student debt cancellation. You took out the loan. You decided to go to school. You literally signed a contract. You said that you were going to take money and then you were going to pay it back after you got your degree. How the hell can you tie that into a random idea of reparations? They're not the same thing mm. at all. Oh, God. These people. And I do mean these people. <laughs> Let me tell you what. what yeah. uh, by these, I mean Nina that, and We're getting Tori. canceled for that one. Right there. And that was number five. Is that true? I don't know. Yes. All right. Getting that. <laughs> this is good. In the Mises Caucus, I don't remember who posted this in the group, but let's watch Number this. Number six. Is this from like a TV show or something? This is the people at the Canadian border. These are Canadian border guards harassing people crossing the border. This is like their version of, I don't know, what's a good, what was that, live, like a live PD show or something like that? Cops. Cops. Yeah. This is craziness. He's used to being around firearms, which increases our concern. So they're coming up to attend the Katy Perry concert. He does have a concealed weapons permit in the state of Washington. How many uh, firearms do you own? I own one at home in my nightstand. Is that where it's usually kept? Yes. 
Why did you apply for a concealed weapons permit if it stays in your next uh, Yeah, we, we take our firearm laws pretty seriously. You're not concerned about us finding anything no. in the vehicle? Okay. What is this? We did find a prohibited device. We found a pepper spray. This is a prohibited device in Canada. So we found this in your purse. Oh, yes. That's my pepper spray. Okay. Were you aware that it's a prohibited device in Canada? To I was not. It? Okay. You didn't know that? Yeah, I had no idea. So okay. Yeah. That. So I'm going to take your word on that. So you have the choice of going back to the U.S. or you can choose to abandon it. Oh, just I'll just abandon okay. it. Okay. So we gave her the benefit of the doubt. We allowed her to abandon the goods. <laughs> I had no idea. Is this real? This seems to be a real thing on Danger TV. You can't bring pepper spray into Canada. Can't bring pepper spray. Now that they hey, I'm going to give you the choice. You can either go back to the US with your paper, pepper spray or you know, you can come across the border you just have to forfeit your pepper spray. <laughs> he asked him about his concealed carry permit and you know one thing the guy does that I just don't like he's like, "Yes, I have a gun." It's at home in my nightstand. This guy doesn't even know where your gun is. The answer yeah. is, yeah, I got a concealed carry permit. You want to see if it fits up your... <laughs> That's the answer. Because I live in America. Yeah. We'll get some maple syrup on that thing. Make it go up harder. <laughs> what a ridiculous thing yeah. this is. I'm going to check this out. Danger TV. It looks riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stuff. All right, that was dumb bleep number six. I got a lot of edits for this show right now. A lot of bad words happening. Uh, that was number six, the Canadian TV. Um, number seven, uh, this article headline from Newsweek is what? Charlie, read that real quick. John Fetterman's question at Senate hearing leaves witness speechless. Wow. He must have done a really good job. I mean, it was a real gotcha question. You want to. You want to hear the question? I do want to hear the question. Okay, okay good. I was hoping you'd want to hear the yeah. question. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> so this must be a really good no, question. No, I mean, it was a real gotcha. Okay. It's just one of those that you can't answer. Is, is it staggering? Is it a staggering response responsibility that, a, the, that the head of a bank could literally, could literally crash our economy? It's astonishing. That's like if you have, I mean, like, and, and they also realize is that, that, that now they have it's in a guaranteed a guaranteed way to be saved by no again by no matter no matter by, by how you know so it's it's you know isn't it appropriate that the those kinds of the, this kind of control should be more stricter to prevent this kind of thing from going or should we just go on and start bailing and sailing whoever bank regardless of how how there's there Conduct is. <laughs> I'm going you know, to throw up. Example: uh, The Republicans want to give a, a work requirement for SNAP. Jeff said this you know, is his Ron Paul uh, moment. <laughs> a, a hungry family has to, to have these this kind of penalties or these some kinds of word working uh, requirements. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we sell your bank with billions in your bank? Because they seem to be more pre preoccupied. Uh, when then snap uh, and requirements for works for hungry people, but not about pr protecting the tax the tax papers, you know, that will bail no matter whatever does about a bank to crash it. <laughs> I 
I feel bad for him. That was my my first time listening to it. Oh, my God. That's worse than Biden. (laughs) I didn't think it could get worse, but that's worse. Doesn't he have some sort of disease? Isn't he dying? Him? Yeah. He had a stroke before the election. Okay. I mean, it's... It's not his fault. It's never anyone who has a mental disability's fault. It's, but he shouldn't be in but, that job. Yeah. There's yeah. only a hundred yeah. of these people in the Senate, and this is 1% of them right now. And he's, and then the thing, God bless America. We're screwed is the thing. Oh, man. John Fetterman's question at Senate hearing leaves witness speechless. What question did he ask, by the way? <laughs> I think there were three in there. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, he They summed up one of them. Now, they did a good job. You know when you put dot, dot, dots between stuff, and then you mm-hmm. put things in brackets to, you know, words that were in, uh, inferred or implied mm-hmm. or whatever. So they summed that question up as, Republicans want a work requirement for SNAP for hungry families. Shouldn't you have a working requirement after we bail out your bank? That was the question. And left him speechless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously he needs um he needs some rehab from his stroke. And I I do have some empathy for the guy, but like, you know, you're in a public office. He's in a position and, of power. And yeah, in a position of power. And clearly um, can't formulate a sentence to ask appropriate questions. And the way that they frame it, I got to say, it's hilarious. It was dumb, wasn't it? It was so dumb. Yeah, we were right about that being dumb. Uh, I would have been speechless too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And I think the witness was probably speechless because he was trying not to laugh. So kudos to that guy. Don't say anything. If you don't have anything nice to say, (laughs) don't say anything at all. Yeah. That's like my granddaddy used to say. All right. That was number six? (sighs) No, that was number seven. Okay, number seven. Now is number eight. And honestly, I think we're going to end up with like only eight or nine today. There we go. For this episode, there's I'm going to hang out with the group afterwards, and we're going to go over some other ones and have them vote on the dumbest out of those, too. Oh, Oh, you can only Mm. do that by going to joingml.com. You're only for the Fed Haters Club. That's right. Charlie, um, this headline. From the New York Times. Pentagon says accounting mistake frees up $3 billion more for Ukraine. The Biden administration has been under bipartisan pressure to explain how it intended to continue sending weapons to Ukraine quickly without asking Congress for more money. These mistakes Mm -hmm. from the Mm -hmm. Pentagon and the Department of Defense seem to be piling up. Yeah. What do they say about repeated mistakes? That's a pattern of behavior. So the Pentagon has significantly reduced its estimate of the value of weapons it sent to Ukraine, freeing up at least $3 billion more to keep Ukrainian troops supplied in their war against Russia over the next several months. Just to be, just to let everyone know. You want me to read that again? They sent stuff to Ukraine and they changed the value on paper of the stuff that they sent over there. And now they've found $3 billion. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. The Biden administration, uh, 
Kind of read that already. Yeah. Thursday, Pentagon and State Department officials told congressional staff members that they had discovered an accounting issue. Do they use QuickBooks over there or something? I don't know. Are they, are they still on paper? That could make more resources available before Ukraine's planned counteroffensive this summer. Pentagon officials realized their mistake almost two months ago, according to a senior White mm-hmm. House official who spoke on the condition of anonymity. <laughs> <clears throat> Anonymous. They don't want anyone to know who they are. Yeah. To discuss basically. accounting processes. Yeah. But instead of placating Congress's concerns, the revelation was met with frustration and anger. I just Guys. I just had my John Fetterman moment. The <laughs> I want if you can try and figure out what the hell Charlie's talking about, the controversy here is the fact that they made this error. And it took them two months to let people know because they could have gotten this money to Ukraine faster. That is the controversy that's mm-hmm. happening right now. Yep. Not their accounting mistake. They just made an accounting mistake to send them three <laughs> to send them three billion. It's all wrapped up in Ukraine support. Now let me like, tell don't pay attention to the mistake that happened. All right. Let me tell you, I highlighted this. I don't think I brought in a screenshot. Administration officials said their mistake was one of improper valuation, explaining that they had been calculating the price of each item based on how much it would cost to replace it with new equipment instead of its sales value, which is lower. They plan to make the same change in an assessment of the remaining authority to send Taiwan weapons from existing Pentagon stocks, according to administration and congressional officials. So, You got a stockpile of weapons for your country. And when they sent them over there, they incorrectly calculated the value of those items by what the current value of those items would be if they were going to replace those items, which they have to do. Okay. And so they calculated what it would cost them to replace the things that they have to replace that they sent to these other countries. And they said, oh, 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 wait, that's wrong. That's not actually what those things costed. We got those things like 10 years ago. It was way cheaper back then. So this is what we actually spent on these things. It was like, Charlie, when you totaled your truck, how much did that cost you? I mean, insurance paid out the value of your truck, right? Yeah. Current market value. Yes. Okay. Did you have to pay any extra or anything? Did they pay out based on what the truck was valued when you got the truck or what it would cost you to buy a new truck? What it would cost me to buy a similar truck. A similar truck to that, yes. not the old one. Question. Which was still lower than what the market, the car market was. But. Our, our strategic petroleum reserve. Now, does it cost us, say we filled this thing up a long time ago and it, uh, we bought the oil at like $50 a barrel, to put it in there, but we got to refill it, right? Does it cost us $50 a barrel to just send all this out of the market or would it cost us what we'd have to pay to refill it afterwards? It costs what you would have to pay to replace the thing because they're going to replace the thing, the weapons that are on our stockpile. And instead they just decided to say, oh, yeah, we, uh, 10 years ago it was way cheaper. That's actually what it was. <laughs> Problem solved. Mm-hmm. But Be- don't pay attention to the mistake. By the way, which isn't a mistake. It's pay not a mistake. Pay attention to Ukraine and how we're still sending them weapons. Now, once again, they are making the the controversy because people need to be upset about something. They're saying, 
Oh, the, the administration must make up for this precious lost time. They must, be, because the controversy has to be wrapped around the fact that they made such an egregious mistake, which backs up the fact that what they're doing is correct when it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to rally around this lie that's currently happening. The second thing that is dumb about this, Charles, is the headline itself, which is, hey, we made an accounting mistake. Let's say it was a real accounting mistake. And they're like, oh, we got this. There's like an extra $3 billion sitting over here we didn't know about. Good. Ukraine was needing some money. That's awesome. Our freaking Pentagon for the United States government, for the money that they take away from all of us. They're like, oh, good. We found $3 billion extra dollars for Ukraine. How do we get to this point? That's what I want to know. When does the extra money they find laying around just go to Ukraine? How about a refund? I want my 25 cents. <laughs> Whatever that's going to be. <laughs> <clears throat> that, and then $3 billion is actually nothing. <clears throat> no, it's like nothing. I compared to what the Department of Defense has just lost over the years. That's a, I mean, it's something compared to what they spent like $100 billion we've spent on this war so far. It's probably more than that. More than likely. So Mm. that's a nice little chunk of change they found. Anyway, because they can't get through any more bills because of this debt ceiling thing and the fact that Congress has changed a little bit, be way harder to pass massive spending bills for Ukraine. So they're cooking the books. (laughs) Exactly. They're just changing the numbers in the books. Literally cooking the books. (laughs) If we haven't told you the government's the mafia yet, they are. That's what they do. I think this is a good time to win the actual, the normal, the originally posted dumb bleep okay. of the week right now. And then oh, we'll, we'll hang out and we'll go over some uh, some more. Let me type in this one. I did take account of these. If you just want to put one through eight in the thing, Chuck, uh, or I think someone does. Costco was already filling it out. Number one was the debt ceiling. <clears throat> one, using the 14th Amendment and two, uh, the other half of, of that is Biden talking about the Trump tax cut or Trump tax cuts or why we're at the debt ceiling right now. Um, Dumbly number two was that pay as you can or pay when you the can. Anti-capitalist cafe. Mm-hmm. Anti-capitalist cafe. We did talk about that when it started, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Number three, the Florida anti-drag law, the Illinois teacher showing people the uh, this book is gay book. And I believe Secretary Anthony Blinken was in there, too, with a dumb tweet. Okay, that's number three. Uh, Number four, tipping your self-checkout machine. (laughs) Ridiculous. Hey, when capitalists do something stupid, I'm just going to tell them it's stupid. Mm -hmm. Number five, Nina Turner and Cori Bush talking about reparations, both using terrible examples, especially Nina Turner. Uh, likening debt uh, for your your college debt, debt that you to, willingly to took on. Me, I I owe for reparations the exact same way I owe for student debt, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Number six was that Canadian TV clip, uh, Danger TV, the person had pepper spray and a concealed carry permit. Very dangerous kind of permit to be taken across. Do not cross the, the border lines. of Canada with your permit, okay. <laughs> Number seven, um, you know, uh, numbers, you know, in the Senate, and they're doing the questions, and the, and sometimes, and you can't answer. Okay, 
That left me speechless. And then number, there you go. <laughs> number eight is the uh, Pentagon finding three billion extra dollars. It's always good to find an extra three bill lying around. Yeah. You know? That's when I check my pockets before putting the pans in the wash. You know? <laughs> you extra always, three billion. This makes you feel good. It does. Okay. All right, y'all, if you uh, get your votes in, and while you're voting for that, what well, do we have to, I guess we have to tell the folks on the podcast what the outcome of this was. We, we should. Okay, yeah. so go ahead and vote for these. And then the the Fed Haters Club is going to get extra to mm-hmm, vote for. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and vote for these. Um, and while that's happening, I'm going to tell the, the rest of the podcast where you can go to support us, which is by going to joingml.com or godhatesfeds.com. Join the Fed Haters Club. Get yourself some merch. Support the show. Put your money where your mouth is. Nate needs all the money you, he can get. Mm-hmm. Right now. I mean, the guy is going through a rough time. Yeah. And... uh you know, he needs, he needs it. Need beard oil. This is his only job. Hair products. He's dedicated fully to Liberty. Cowboy hats. And, and so we need, and go ahead and leave a tip while you're checking out with non-alcoholic beer money. Yeah. Um, leave us a rating and review and share the show, please. Very spread out here, but it, it looks like, it looks like, um, Fetterman is going to take, take the, He's, he's going to, if he was, well, because we're doing dumb bleep and, uh, this is, he was uh, at the, at the vote. If you were going to, if you were going to vote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, his eyebrows are like, <laughs> they're really out there. Yeah. Yeah. If you were, if you were voting, this is dumb bleep. Yeah. Then it, could it be that if John, yeah. If I put AI into my brain, I'll be able to ask a coherent question, yes or no. <laughs> John Fetterman <laughs> wins. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share with a friend, as I already said. And if you do all of that, we'll be back again on Monday. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Oh, yeah, I forgot we got we got more in here. Outros, outro thing. And then we'll just...